It's time for another episode of Healthcare Technology. It's Tech Talk. It's Friday. It's Tech Talk. My good friend, Dr. Jay Greenstein, as I like to call him, he is the data doc of talk. He knows all about technology, being a doctor. He's my friend, Dr. Jay. What are you doing, buddy? <laughs> What's up, man? It's, it's TGIF right now. I'm just, I'm just glad to be back in front of this microphone and talking with two amazing people. Psyched about that. You've had a, you've had a busy last week, haven't you? Yeah, it's been busy. We, uh, we had Cairo Congress last week. So for the audience out there, uh, the chiropractic profession has an organization called Cairo Congress. It's the organization of all state chiropractic associations. Uh, it's an amazing group of people. We're actually building out a strategic plan for the chiropractic profession, uh, which Brad is involved in as well. And we had a great update um, and, and we had a great time. You know, you know how it is at those events, Brad. When we get together with our friends, it gets a little out of hand. And that is a, a great group of people. You know, I, I enjoy being around all of them. I wished I could have been there. I had a little bit of a conflict, couldn't make it this time, but uh, I will be at their regular session, which is in uh, Hawaii, isn't it? Hawaii. Hawaii. Aloha, yeah. amigo. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I understand our guest today is a friend of ours. Uh, she yep. knows she's known you. I, I'm just reading about her. Uh, why don't you introduce her today? Let's get started. Yeah, this is Kate Eccles, and I don't know your official title, but I know you're very, very important at Boodle AI, I, and you can tell the audience what your official title is. So, Kate, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. What is your official title? <laughs> Thanks so much, Jay. Uh, so, officially, it's Vice President of Customer Success, but really, they just made it fancier than it needs to be. <laughs> because you probably do a lot of different things, right? That that is the world of a head of customer success at any at any startup. Really, you're wearing a lot of hats and you're doing a lot of different things and working to make your customers successful. But everything under that bucket. Yeah, I love it. It's like a whatever it takes kind of attitude, and uh, and I know Brad and I we we live that all the time. Kate, you mentioned your title, and I think it is really important for the audience, for those that are not, you know, inherently in the tech space, it's important for folks to know the difference between what customer success is versus customer, let's say, customer support. So can you share with the audience what the difference is between those two things? Definitely. And that difference is really critical. Um, when we're talking about customer support or customer service, we're often talking about something that is reactive. It is the response to an incoming message, whether that be a bug or an issue or a complaint or something that has gone wrong in the customer's experience with you. When we're flipping that over and looking at customer success on the other side, now we're looking at those same challenges from a proactive standpoint, being able to identify the challenges and hurdles that your customer might come into contact with over the course of the customer journey before they even happen because ultimately our goal is to drive them towards the outcome and the reason they bought your platform in the first place. Yeah, that's great. So what is a day in the life? I know you do a lot of different things, but in the customer <laughs> success world, what does a day in the life look like for you? How are you supporting your customers to create success for them? A day in the life. Uh, well, I, I will preface this with every single day is different. Um, and that is one of the joys of customer success. 
when we're looking at how we interact with customers as a whole, it's really planning the journey for them. You want to understand what each customer's desired outcome is and then lead them along the path to get there. So that leading that path might mean on one day you're doing a training and making sure that they are understanding how to use a part particular um, segment of your technology. On a different day, that might mean suggesting and giving a demo of new products that's going to support them in ways that they didn't know about before. Upsell. In other ways, it might, yep, right there. It's All the, upsell. the upsell. <laughs> it's the upsell. And then in addition to that, it's making sure that you're tying all of those things back to the, the business objective. Every single one of your customers bought your technology for a particular reason. Now it's time for, for CS to show them why and make sure that we're connecting it along the way. That's awesome. As you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, you know, quite honestly, as healthcare providers, we're in the customer success business as well, right? They, they're on exactly. a journey. We're there to support them. We don't want it to be reactive. We want it to be proactive. We want to tie it to their goals because then it becomes very patient-centered and ultimately get them to what they want to achieve by buying our quote unquote product or service. So I, I see I see so much of a connection with kind of what you're doing and what we do in healthcare. Um, I never even heard of customer success before I started our technology company, Kaizenovate. And we did a meeting with two doctors who have created an amazing product called ChiroUp. It's Dr. Tim Bertelsman and Dr. Brandon Steele, great guys. Um, leaders in the chiropractic profession. They built a great technology platform to help uh, chiropractors really understand and apply the evidence to drive better outcomes for patients. And we're having a meeting in our office just to do some brainstorming and some sharing of ideas. Super fun day. And Tim was like, you really need to read this book, Customer Success. And it like, you know, it, it changed my whole life. It changed my perspective on all that we were doing to drive impact for the customers customers that we were serving. So it was it was super cool. Brad, I'm sure you've you've got a lot of of experience in customer support and success. It's it's interesting to hear like what Kate is doing. I know that you guys do a ton of stuff to support your customers as well. We do. There's nothing like having a, a call center that helps you understand what success is all about. Because in a call center, they're not calling throughout the day to say, hey, I'm happy. I just wanted to let you know. It just doesn't work that way in most cases occasionally. But most of them are calling because they have a problem. And, you know, in the beginning for us, it was taking the call, listening, trying to resolve it. But we've actually built steps and we're building more as we speak to make sure that that customer has success and that they're, they're followed through all the way and that they end up being a really happy customer for you. You know, I, I always go to Google Analytics, and that, for me, is always a sign. I, I love reading reviews like that. and really gives an indicator of, are, have you been successful with customer success? Because if not, you know, you're going to be like a three or four out of five kind of star kind of company. But I think you're right, Jay. I think it ties to healthcare actually maybe more than most businesses. If you really think about it, what, what's it like to have an unhappy patient that you're trying to treat? That's a, that's a bad deal. Yep. It's, it's hard. And, and I also think about the, the adherence piece, Kate, because how often do you come across situations where you've got uh, proactive programs 
that you've built mm -hmm. for your customers and they either one don't pay attention so how do you get their attention and two you're giving them this content you're giving them these ideas you're giving them these trainings and then they don't follow to achieve their level of success so when it comes to adherence for your customers mm -hmm. how do you deal with that like and how do you drive better results oh that that is so 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 common and frankly, a pain point that we see every single day in CS. Um, just like your patient doesn't want necessarily want to do, you know, the proactive stretching and all of the things that they need to do to support their desired outcomes. Our customers do the same thing. So when we're, when we're looking to really re-engage them, it's all about bringing things back to the goals um, and the, the outcomes that they're looking to achieve. If they don't understand that doing this stretch is going to get them to, you know, the flexibility and, and the optimum performance that they want down the road. They're not going to do that. Same thing with our, with our tech customers. If they understand how the steps that they're taking today are aligned with the outcomes that they're looking to achieve, they're much more likely to, to continue on. And then outside of that, it's really making sure that you have a relationship form the connection with the patient or with the customer and make sure that you are on that journey with them. It's not enough to just check in and say, oh, you're supposed to be, you know, taking this training or, or doing this stretch. It's making sure that you're there every step of the way, the good, the bad, and the ugly, so that they see you as that person to lean on when things get tough. I'm really wondering what, what you would tell a doctor to tell his what you would tell your what you would tell a doctor to tell his medical receptionist to not be customer support, but to be customer success. What, what, what kind of advice would you give to to the doctor to 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 turn reactive into proactive? Oh wow, that that's a fantastic question. Um, I would say fo focus less on what they're here to do today and more on here, what they're here to do in the long term. It's not about just this visit. It's about what all of these visits are going to combine into because the sum is greater than any of the single parts. Oh, that's awesome. That's I love it. Boss. Yeah, I love that. Um, have you ever had to go there? Because we've had to go there with patients, right? Non-adherence patients, uh, patients who are late, you know, just sometimes you just have to go there with patients. Have you, have you had to do that with customers? And, and if so, do you have a, sh a story that you can share? Oh, I do. I have many, many, many stories. Um, <laughs> I think the most amusing would be uh, less, less the customers that it's happened with, but what it has turned into. So I have a methodology for, for working with customers who are having trouble understanding that their actions have consequences when it comes to business outcomes as a whole. Um, and there's a specific way you frame the conversation where you look at what those actions were and all of the steps that have been missed along the way and then bring it back to why they wanted to get to whatever outcome or goal it was in the first place. And the process um, has, at least at Boodle with, with uh, your previous guest, France, become coined as a come to Kate conversation uh -oh. because it's all about coming back and bringing it back to here are the outcomes that you needed to, that you needed to get to. And here's how we're going to realign and make sure that we're on the right path. Um, 
that way at the end of the day, we're still getting to, to where we need to be because sometimes you need to be a little bit harsher. Um, customers and patients alike don't connect the dots if you don't connect them for them. And that's why being proactive about everything is so important because we have to actually bring them along the journey. So it's really making sure that everyone is coming to terms with exactly what steps need to be taken in order to get to that outcome. Um, I hope you're listening. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. (laughs) No no worries. It's all, it's all difficult. Uh, They're hard conversations, but they have to happen if you're going to get to that end point. Yeah. Docs, I hope you're really paying attention because this is gold. This is great stuff. This is so applicable to your practices. Um, that's great. But that's great advice, Kate. And I'm still waiting for the story. I want to hear the, a story, like a customer story. A customer story. You're, you're, you're putting me in the hot seat right now. Um, <laughs> Francis, like, right. don't talk well, about that one. <laughs> I know. That, well, that's what I'm seeing in the background right, right now. Right, right. Francis freaking How? out right now. How do I anonymize this? Okay, so my favorite story, um, and I can actually I can actually talk about most of this one because it wasn't with Boodle; it was in my in my past life. Um, so we had a client where we were looking to um, optimize essentially their their entire recruitment process. My previous life was in HR tech instead of. Um, AI. And with that customer, we had set out a very prescriptive project plan. We knew exactly what steps we needed to take in order to achieve this outcome of increasing their hires and making sure that we were reducing the, the turnover that we were seeing in their business. And so we had aligned at the beginning on exactly what we needed to do. There were deadlines, there were check-ins. We had all agreed to the parts that we needed to play in this journey, similar to I'm sure what your doctors are seeing and needing to play the parts with their patients. And so we started along the path and everyone was gung-ho. We were aligned. We knew exactly what we were going to do every step of the way. And everyone was excited because it was new and the energy was still there. The passion was there. There hadn't been a single you know, hurdle or challenge that we needed to face. And then all of a sudden, something went off track. A deadline was missed. Someone was sick. Things got pushed out. And the next thing you know, it's, it, it very quickly you know, becomes this big issue where you can't get back on track. You've gone so far off and they have missed so many meetings that no one's sure how to get back to that path that we had um, previously. And because of that, everyone's spinning their wheels. Uh, there's a lack of accountability. There is blame. There is uh, a little bit of anger on frankly, every side of the equation, because nobody's getting to the outcome that they need to. And so after going back and forth for close to a month of the blame game and no one wanting to take accountability for the fact that everyone was off track, we finally had a call and we we scheduled what I've since referred to as a come to Kate conversation. And in that instance, we all got onto the same page and essentially laid out, here's what happened. Here are all of the tiny little things that created this large wall that we have to climb in order to to get back on track. And it's not one person's fault. It's everyone's fault. Because if we are not 
holding each other accountable and we're not sticking to this plan and communicating when things get tough or go off track, then everyone is going to fail as a provider will fail because we'll lose you as a customer and you'll fail because you won't achieve the outcome that you're looking for. And you're going to continue to, in this case, have turnover. And as we go along that path, having that lack of blame, but also uh, really ownership over the situation come from all angles allows you to get back on that path. And then as things get tough, you have more um, of the ability and really transparency to communicate every single time one of those hurdles happens because they're going to. Um, and when you can communicate through those, that's when you that's when you really create the relationship that you need to achieve that outcome. And in, in that particular case, we did. It took six extra weeks because of that lack of accountability at the beginning. But once you have that realignment, it's smooth sailing from there. Yeah, I've got some funny stories after the break. I'll tell you, I've got one great one. That was a Cairo J that was really that whole deal. And there's nothing like recording all of the phone conversations and emails where you can really rebuild those things like we do that just put, you know, customers in, uh, in line that they just don't realize that's happening. And uh, it, there's been some funny stories. I, I got a short one I'll tell you when we get back. We're going to take a quick break. Wait, but don't go anywhere. This episode is sponsored by Infinity. In the modern age of electronic data interchange, Infinity is committed to helping clinicians get paid fast so that they can spend less time tracking claims and more times with their patients. As a pro advocate for the healthcare industry, we create tools that make sense for electronic claims processing and business analytics. You couple that with superior support team, we strive to ensure your business is performing at its best. Infinity, committed to the future of claim processing. Listen to the future of healthcare with the data jocks of talk. It's Tech Talk. Jay, maybe just a little background music for you today. Chains of Fools, buddy. Yeah. You don't want me singing now? That'd be bad. Oh, no, that's great. We might actually grow our audience that way a little bit. You know what? Listen, if, if, if I need to sing, I'm, I'm cool with that, but I, I definitely have to have more than water because I'm just drinking a little water today. Yeah, me you get me singing, like I might have to have a beer or two. I am doing the uh, mineral water, you know, the sparkling water, but Ooh, that's, that it's good. It's Tuesday. I, Thursday, that might change, my friend. We might go to something harder. <laughs> Listen, we're talking with Kate Eccles today, and she is really telling some very important things here, Jay. I, I mentioned before we went to break about a story. We had a doc that was somewhat new to us. And, you know, when you first start getting claims files, we start seeing the transactional pieces of it. And you can really quickly pick up with our software when there are consistent mistakes in billing and coding. And, you know, I, 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 this doc kept calling and complaining and saying, boy, we're switching stuff. We're making changes on his claims. We just don't do that. That's not part of our process. We don't have the intelligence built in to do that. And I kept, and finally I got on that. I said, doc, I think you've got a problem in your office. He said, no, no, no. I said, well, it's pretty consistent. We know who's logging in, who's using and, and uh, pointed to an um, office manager. There's just no way she's been with me for 20 years, kind of a story, you know? 
And, and I said, well, here, you look at these specific transaction dates and here's what it, you've got a problem. And about six days later, this big basket of candy shows up at the office. And uh, this card saying, I, I am so sorry. You were absolutely right. After 20 years, you know, I, I had a problem there. And I've, I've solved that. And I think, although it was a sad situation, I think we really, that was a moment of impact. Like Kate's talking about, you do what's familiar with you every day, and it's hard to accept change. I know that we have some docs that need to listen to the next question that we need to ask Kate of, if you're a doctor, how can you change? If you've got a mentality, I think it's probably from the way that you did clinical your work when you were a student or you get set in this mindset. And if you got a bad experience, you probably are going to continue that. How can doctors observe what they're doing today in their practice, know that they are doing right or wrong? And if they're doing wrong, how can they easily identify and make that change, Kate? Boy, that was a Fantastic mouthful, wasn't it? Question. I mean, it was a lot, but I'm up for the challenge. Uh, <laughs> I think I think what it comes down to is removing some of that wrong or right to begin with. It's not about whether or not what you previously did was wholly good or wholly bad. It's a matter of understanding that there's always room for improvement and continuous improvement and iteration is the key to growth. And if you're looking for your business and your practice to really grow and develop, then you need to grow and develop with it. And that means that looking back at situations like the one you just described, where you've got an individual who's been with you for 20 years and therefore can do no wrong, that's that's not growth. That's not iteration and that's not improvement. That is getting stuck in the mud. And if you're stuck in the mud, you're not going to be able to, to continue to grow the business that you're looking to. So when we're, when we're approaching this from a customer success perspective, I would say, look at what you're doing and look at where you want to go. There's a gap there. Otherwise, you'd already be there. What is the mindset shift that needs to happen? Because chances are, it's simply the way you're looking at things. If you're okay with the status quo, you're going to stay at the status quo. And really digging into how you're leading and whether you're leading with that example and that mindset is going to determine the outcome. Um, hey, what? Well, that's that's yeah. am, that's amazing, Kate. Like I, I just I loved what you just said. I, I just love it. I mean, these are these are really, really, really important leadership lessons learned. And and again, I, I, I'm imploring the audience to not only listen, but to really sit back and think about what Kate's talking about because self-reflection and identifying areas of opportunity for improvement can be critically important to those steps of growth. I'm, I'm really also curious, Kate, because you talked about in, your pre, in, in the previous um, section, you talked about the story of this team that just kind of went awry and it immediately made me think of five dysfunctions of a team, right? Like everything that can go wrong because you've got all these challenges of, of a multitude of challenges went wrong, but ultimately the, there are leadership failures. So what were the leadership failures specifically that you saw and what kind of advice could you give the audience as to how to check and see if they're having the same leadership failures and what to do about it? Definitely. I think the biggest failure that we saw in that particular situation was a lack of transparent communication. You have to build 
from the top down a culture of open, transparent communication if you want your team to be able to tell you when they're when they're hitting these bumps. They're always going to happen. The, the difference between finding out when they're fixable and small and finding out when they're giant walls to climb is whether or not your team feels comfortable coming to you. So I would say continue that theme of looking inward and really identifying what is it that you could be sharing and, and how can you create that, that culture of transparency where it's okay to make a mistake, but let's fail fast and let's improve. Yeah. Um, because that's going to that's going to come from you first. I got to tell you, like it, the, if you if if the audience has ever read Five Dysfunctions of a Team, they would know that the, it's like based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs for teams. And at that first most basic level, you have to have trust. Adam Grant calls it psychological safety, right? You've got to have that in your culture because if you don't, people won't communicate honestly and openly and transparently. And then everything goes to shit. So it's just it's great advice. Yep. Yeah, and even successful companies that are good have to be dynamic and constantly keep reinventing themselves, listening to the problems. Change is the hardest thing for staff to do. Uh, that was the first book that I ever read that you recommended to me, Jay, was The Five Dysfunctions. And that was, you know, after I finished that book, I set my leadership team down in a conference room and we spent hours uh, you know, several days going over some of those things. To identify. I think they all thought I was nuts, but, but I, you know, I that's realized besides the point, Brad, yeah, and I am nuts. So that's you okay. Are nuts, exactly. Yeah. So uh, at least I don't have poodle hair, but, <laughs> but you wish you <laughs> did. Yeah, I wish I did. No, but at least, but I'm just saying being in a very customer centered business like I am that deals with millions of transactions and where you're actively listening to them on the phone every day, hundreds a day, it becomes important to you that you find out what the keys are beforehand so you know you, you already have a pathway to success and that you learn upon those things. Jay, and I know you do that in your, in your practice, your business. Uh, you're really, I've seen you evolve that model over the last series of years to really become very strong in that leadership aspect of your businesses. So kudos to you. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Hey, Kate, I, um, I would love to hear, because we haven't spoken in a, in a couple of months, because we're doing some work together, but you and I haven't really connected. What's the newest and most exciting thing that's happening at Boodle right now? Oh, definitely the ears. Um, so our enriched analytics reports have been, a, frankly, a game changer for clients. And they are the most exciting iteration that we've had in the team as a while in a while, too. Um, this actually came out of a fantastic customer success story. So it ties in really nicely. One of the challenges that I was facing as a CS leader is adoption of the platform and as you know, we're in AI and predictive analytics, which fantastic buzzwords, really scary to actually get in there and, and dig into. Um, and so adoption tends to be the biggest hurdle that we face in this field. And so one of the challenges I had was really getting people to take those, those prescriptive and proactive steps necessary in order to apply all of the fantastic insights that we were, that we were getting. So as a leadership team, we had to look at the business and really decide how we were going to iterate and improve because there's only so long that you can essentially jam something down your customer's throat until you 
finally accept that, hey, maybe that isn't the, the best way for this particular, you know, crossroads that we're at. And so we identified that we needed to make AI and these people-focused predictive analytics even more customer friendly and even more democratized so that our customers could easily ingest them. And what we came up with were these enriched analytics reports. So rather than having to go in and I mean, Jay, you're a customer, so you've seen you've seen this firsthand instead of going in and having to build a model and really dig into all of the, the many facets of these predictive models and the results and insights they're giving you. Instead, we've created this report that comes to the customer. We're delivering it straight to you so that you don't have to you don't have to come to us. We're making it easy. We're putting it into a PDF that explains to you not only what we've learned based on the analytics that we've run, but how to apply them. Because it's not enough to be prescriptive and say, here's this fantastic list of you know, analytics and insights that we have available. How are you supposed to apply them into, into your day-to-day? And so through this, this process of iteration that we were able to go through over the course of a month, we have seen tremendous growth and, and some fantastic responses from our customers because we are now meeting them where they're at and we're meeting them on their journey rather than trying to kind of veer off the path that they're going on, which has been really exciting. That's awesome. I love that. You guys are walking the walk. We try. No, you do. I, I worked with you. I know you guys do. Well, I mean, I could, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you, Brad. So I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so what we're doing is we are looking at our marketing analytics and we've got lots of data from a wide variety of sources, but we've got data from our EHR. We've got data from Facebook and, and some of the other marketing platforms that we're using. I think we might have even, we might have even shared Salesforce data. I can't remember, but um, we're trying to identify how to attract the right customer, the right patient for us. You know, not everybody is going to be the perfect patient at Kaizo Health. And so if we're going to be spending money, we want the greatest return on investment. And what Boodle is helping us do is identifying how we can attract the perfect customer every time, like so that we're not wasting money. And we do have a really strong ROI because listen, there are so many marketing agencies out there that are selling this and they're selling that and spend all this money and like you get nothing in return. And, you know, to, to our love, Brad, of data and of data science, um, you know, uh, me meeting, you know, France and the rest of the team at Boodle has been a blessing. Um, and I'm just really excited about what's next. So great company, great people, which is why we've had them on our podcast, obviously. And, uh, and super excited about, you know, our partnership with them moving forward. That's great. I figured that's what was happening, but I want, you know, many doctors out there in our audience could probably take advantage of that in yes. some aspect of that. And hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Because you know, as we look constantly for new clients and in your case, patients, you do want to be focused. Marketing is one of the most expensive things we do outside of labor. And, uh, you know, you can, you can waste a lot of money going down the wrong pathway that for sure. A hundred percent brother. (laughs) Right. 
Well, listen, we're going to take another break and come back in our third segment. And Kate, we're going to ask you a little bit, how did you get to this point? Where did you start out with your education? And and you're only like 22 years old, for goodness sake. You're so young. You're like vice president yeah, of this like amazing that. company. <laughs> you must have started when you were six. Oh, yes, definitely. Six, six was it. That was a big year for me. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's Tech Talk. <laughs> Wait, but don't go anywhere. The Canvas app, the app that can take your practice to the next level by providing a customized, direct connection between your practice and patients. Through the new built-in rewards program, Canvas can grow new and existing patient numbers and increase your patient's adherence to care plan. What does your custom dream app look like? Elevate your practice with Kaizenovate. Come on! And the data doc of talk is Tech Talk. You know, Jay, that's it's the audience can't see this, but we actually do a Zoom call, so we can see the the three or four guests, whatever we're having, and we can actually see our facial expressions, so we don't talk over each other, which sometimes we do anyway. But uh, it is so funny at the breaks, the music. Almost every one of our guests are rocking out and moving to the music. Yeah, and, it, mm-hmm. and it's just great, to, Kate. That tells me a lot about you that you can do that. You feel comfortable <laughs> enough to do that, and 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 that's sort of what tech talk is about is having fun and learning at the same time and you've really brought a great wealth of things that oh, yeah. most all of our audience or really anyone needs to listen to even in your personal life there are aspects of this that you can apply to your friends to your network to your business network out there this is great stuff but kate mm-hmm. how did you get started with this where did you go to school what did you study what was that first job out of college? And, and uh, tell me a little bit about that. That is a fun story right there. And I will be the first one to say that I have probably one of the most non-traditional paths that exists. Uh, it all started at the age of six years old. No, <laughs> um, but no, as a kid, I thought I had it all figured out. I mean, I was your typical, I, I decided what I was going to be when I was five years old and all, full steam ahead uh, to that, to that place and down that path. Uh, so I wanted to be a vet. And so when I, when I graduated high school and went into college, I was actually in a pre-veterinary medicine uh major and at a now um, closed down, unfortunately, college in Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, studying veterinary medicine. And two years in, an elbow deep in a cow, those dreams changed. (laughs) And I knew that that was not going to be the path for me. We have (laughs) our title, elbow deep in a cow. Oh, we have our title. There we go. Well, the thing is, Jay, you don't understand. You don't understand what she's talking about at all. Yes, I do. I do, Betty. I've worn that glove. I've done that. You've done it. I know you've done it. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's a, it's a special moment. <laughs> it is a it, it it makes you open your eyes for several different reasons. Uh, but you know, I can think back fondly of those days of 
uh, doing AI and uh, uh, caffeine and uh, all, all kinds of aspects of that. But yeah, that's great. So you, you changed your pathway. Obviously, you went down some business pathway, I yeah. would expect. Wait, I just want to hear. So you're elbow deep in a cow and you thought this is not going to work out <laughs> time for time for a new life goal um and so i was introduced to this idea of proactive customer success and shortly after that um, i was part of the disney college program down in orlando florida so i got to spend six months down um, with tens of thousands of college students working in Walt Disney World and taking um, Walt Disney's uh, actual college courses. They have an entire management track and a service track. And so I was able to earn some college credit doing that. And it really opened my eyes to this new path that I wanted to go down. And, and it was this path of serving others and making sure that I'm helping others to, to really achieve their outcomes and what they're looking for. And so coming back to New England after, after that internship, I, I decided to really double down on that. And I decided that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I, was, I didn't need college. I didn't need anything. I was just going to go. Um, and I had this grand idea of opening up my own coffee shop. Um, it, I had the entire business plan laid out. I just needed to gain some experience. So I started at Starbucks. And I don't know how familiar you are with Starbucks uh, business model, their, their culture, the company as a whole, but it is the most mission-driven organization that I think I have ever been a part of or even experienced. Um, I can tell you to this day that their mission and what I lived every single day for close to 10 years was that I was going to inspire and nurture the human spirit, one cup, one person, and one neighborhood at a time. And that's what we did every, every single day. And that idea of being part of something bigger was really what continued me on this path of, of customer success. I spent just under 10 years at, at Starbucks when I had planned on it being really a year or two um, and, and got to be part of a fantastic group of leaders across the company um, based out of Boston and Cambridge, Massachusetts, and with that started to now move into this idea of wanting to help companies achieve their missions rather than just individuals. And so one day I was sitting in my store, getting ready to, to hire some, some new baristas and really find the next generation of Starbucks partners who would help us to achieve our mission. And I came across a blog article um, for a tech company out of downtown Boston. And I started putting some of the things in their blog into practice, um, understanding that I needed to tie mission into the job description and how to look for people who were really driving towards the same outcome. And it turns out they were hiring. I had never heard of customer success before. I didn't know what a CSM was. In fact, most of the world didn't know what a CSM was at that point. It was, it, the role was a relationship manager, which sort of meant account manager and sort of meant you're selling things and sort of just meant you were customer support because customer success as a, as a role and as a department and, and an org with each business is really fairly new. So I got to join um, this fantastic organization, Clear Company. Um, I was employee number 25 and we did fantastic things, um, growing the organization and really allowing um, us 
to achieve our, our mission of helping other organizations achieve their mission through really intentional HR practices um, and making sure that we're not only identifying the right individuals for each role, but making sure we're fostering that um, idea of inclusion and continuous improvement throughout the organization and every organization that we work with. Fast forward, uh, let's see, five years, five roles, a baby, a pandemic, um, a house, a cross-country move, I don't even know what else, but a lot, <laughs> um, and I, I somehow have now landed myself at Boodle AI. Um, I joined in December, and it has been another wild ride. When I left Clear Company, we were just about 200 employees and looking forward to taking that same journey with, with Boodle along the way, um, building out something absolutely fantastic and, and transformative. That's awesome. That is such a great story. And I can tell the audience, I mean, I've worked with, with Kate and um, you're very customer centric. Like you're not just talking about people, helping people achieve their goals. Like it is your commitment, it is your ethos. And I see it in everything that you do because you've been incredibly helpful to me and to us every step of the way. So I really do appreciate that, Kate. Thrilled to hear it. We, we love having you. So what is uh, your boss is uh, an outstanding guy. I, after our yeah. podcast, he and I connected for 30, 40 minutes and talked about Boodle AI and possible healthcare information. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, but he, I, you know, I was so impressed with his history, his upbringing, his childhood, his service to the nation. To me, it was just an amazing American story. What's it like to work uh, with him, uh, for him, as part of his team? Yeah, give it's us the skinny. Give us the skinny. This is your say, this it's is your fantastic, <laughs> but are we going to share this with him afterwards? No. Um, France, France is fantastic. Um, you meet France, and if you haven't looked into his background, he's, he's a character. And then once you do, you're in awe. Um, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you my first interview with France. So I had been applying for a number of different customer success roles. And uh, when I, when I walked into my internet, virtually walked in uh, oh. to my interview with France, I had absolutely no idea what to expect. Heck, I didn't even know what the product was. I just knew that the role looked really cool and I got to build something from the ground up. And that was exciting. And I walk in. Did you not do your research on his history and his background? I did my. Oh no, I did not. I, I, well, not <laughs> first I mistake of going into an interview. I know. I, I'm shocked that you have an HR background, LinkedIn. Kate. That's crazy. Well, I did the LinkedIn search. I didn't know that I needed to do the the you know the full Google blow. full on full on crazy history search. That just. It didn't cross my mind. I thought LinkedIn, okay, I understand he's an entrepreneur. He's done all of these things. But then then you go on Google and you realize, well, this guy's worked for the president. This guy has done everything. When you don't realize that walking, I actually think it was in my benefit because I would have I psyched myself out going in if I had gone through the whole thing. But either way, it worked out. Um, so walking into that, the first thing he said to me was, Kate, I'm going to give you 10 reasons why you shouldn't take this job. And the fact that he could outline all of that and still get me engaged and want to continue through every round of interviews, it, it just, 
it tells a lot about who he is as a person, the passion that he has for the business, the passion that he has for this team. And it's really the type of leader that you just want to follow. Um, there are there are people in this world that will inspire you. And then there are people in this world who will knock you down. And he has just been so inspirational for, for me, for our team, for our organization, because we're going to hit speed bumps and there's going to be, there's going to be issues along the way, but being able to look back up at France as a leader and, and see the path forward because he believes in it and he believes in us. That's what's really going to, to be the big differentiator in the long run. And I think that's true for your, for your listeners as well. A hundred percent. So if you would say to the listeners, think about evolving your leadership skills to do or be X because you can say be inspirational, but there's more to that. Like how, how, what is it that they should aspire to be or work towards being based on your experience with all the leaders that you've had in your career, the great ones at Starbucks at, you said clear, correct. Mm-hmm. And, and, company, a brutal, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, of course with France would love to hear that. Definitely. Um, I think what it boils down to is being their rock. You can be inspirational, you can be, you know, a a visionary, but it's not about being a visionary. It's about being the person that your team can turn to no matter what is going on. Um, Good, bad, ugly, they need to be able to come to you and lay everything on the line. That trust that we discussed earlier is so, so critical. Because if you don't have trust in your team and your team doesn't have trust in you, you're not going to make it to the next level and you're not going to create that, that culture of continuous improvement. So. Extremely well said and inspirational, actually. Thank you. And, and, and a tough thing, that's probably the toughest thing to achieve and uh, is getting that team, the right team in place and then hanging on to them. You know, it's just, that is uh, the, one of the biggest challenges I've had in my lifetime mm-hmm. is having that open door policy. The interesting thing I find is I have a lot of, especially the lower team members that are new, they're, they're afraid to come in my door, you know, even though I, I go yeah. around and talk to them every day and they're afraid to walk through that door and just, as you say, lay it on the line. Now, the old timers easily do that, but that's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a hard thing. I don't have the poodle hair like Jay does. And so, you know, I, I, I'm an old guy and ugly fart. So it's hard. You are not ugly. You're a handsome fella. Don't say that about yourself. Listen, Kate, let's ask a little bit about you yourself. Personal. Are you married? Yeah. Uh, I am with my partner of three years now. We are not married, uh, but we have a wonderful 14 month year month, 14 month old son, Oliver, um, who is the light of my life. Um, he brings me joy absolutely each and every day. And I am here with him, um, Matt, my partner. And then we have two dogs and two cats all in one house. It is is a zoo. Have you noticed that all the great leaders, Jay, have dogs? Uh, I did not notice that, but it doesn't surprise me. I'm a huge dog person. So I love dogs. I get why people love dogs. It just seems like more and more of the people we talk to love dogs and their kids. They, uh, they're really involved in their children's life. Yep. So, 
Kate, what is the, what is the, if we could boil all this down that we've talked to today, what is the one point that you really would like to drive home about customer success? What, what is that one driven point that you think applies in every scenario that every person needs to know? I would say it all comes down to, are you on the journey with your customer or are you just waiting for them to hit a speed bump? If you're on the journey with them, then you're both going to achieve success. And if you don't, then they're only going to come to you when they hit that wall and it's going to be too late. I'm just giving some virtual bows right now. You can't see me on (laughs) Zoom, but I'm like literally doing, I'm like bowing down to Kate because this has just been amazing today. Amazing. I love it. Such great advice. Well, Kate, uh, again, we we really want to say thank you for joining us today. This has been a great broadcast, a great episode. I'm sure it'll Fantastic. be a hit. Yeah. And uh, we want to thank you for taking an hour out of your life on a Tuesday afternoon uh, to talk with Jay and I. Anything we can do to help you, we'd be glad to do that. But you have great words of wisdom for such a young lady, and that's exciting <laughs> to see that. For sure. Thank you so much. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you. This is my first podcast and thank you both for making it so much fun. Um, can't wait to do it again. And thanks again. Awesome, Kate. Thank you. Excellent. Well, Jay, you've had a busy last week. I hope that your week settles down a little bit that you, you know, nope. you still got a crazy week, huh? Yeah. You, I'm at uh, um, Unified Virginia Chiropractic Association this oh, weekend. Right. And then, and then I go to Utah for Blue IQ's um, customer success event, actually. Yeah, so excited Corey. for that. Yeah, Corey, that's great. Good. And I... Good to see Corey again. Typically, I'd be with you this week in uh, Virginia, but uh, I, I can't I can't do it this go around. You probably, Julie's probably going to ask you to step up and say a little bit about the organization. And uh, She is. Uh, yeah. And so I, I greatly appreciate those kind words. Well, listen, Always. slow down if you can. Enjoy, uh, enjoy. Enjoy the conference. You're just an amazingly busy guy. And uh, I don't know what else to say, but you're a good guy. Just having some fun, man. Having some fun. Having some fun. Listen, it's been great being with you today. And uh, from myself, I'm Brad Cost, my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. Have a good day. See y'all. And the number one data jock. Come on! And the data doc of talk is Tech Talk. <laughs>